0: Likuti Sikhais Chelik Yud, Volume 10, the second Sicha for Parshas Miketz. This is a Rashi Sicha, which I have to tell you goes back and forth. I'll try to simplify the Sicha to bring out the main points of the question in Rashi, and of course the answer and the wonderful explanation and insight as to what Yosef HaTzadik did. This Sicha is on Pasuk Nunhei, that's 55, in chapter 41, where the Pesach describes, it says, that the entire land of Egypt uh, was experiencing the famine. They were all hungry. So the people came screaming to Pare, asking for bread. So Pare said to all of Egypt, go to Yosef. So whatever he tells you to do, you should do. So first Rashi explains that why was everybody starving? Why was everybody hungry? Yosef had warned them that there is going to be a famine. So Rashi explains that all of their crops, everything that they stored away, everything rotted. And then in the Rashi that this Sikha focuses on, the Dibur Hamaschil of BaYehmer Pari Paril Etzrayim um, Yosef Lechem that Pari said to them, tasu, Quote: whatever he tells you to do, you shall do, whatever he will tell them to do, you to do, you shall do. Rashi says, explains, because what Yosef was telling him to do was that they should all undergo a brismila, a circumcision. And when they came to, ya- to Pari, he, they said to Pari, this is what he's telling us to do, we refuse to do it. So Pari said to them, I'm paraphrasing from Rashi, how come you didn't store any Crops? Any grains? How come you didn't store away food? So they said, we did, but it all rotted. So Pari said to them, if that's the case, listen to what Yosef is telling you, because just like he decreed on all the food you store away, that it should all rot, who knows, maybe he can decree on us and we will all die. And the Rebbe asks a whole slew of questions back and forth. I'll try to simplify it and put it into very simple perspective. You see, We know the rule that Rashi only explains that which needs needs explanation. In other words, Rashi will only explain things in the Pasek that are problematic. If there's a problem, Rashi will explain it. What is the problem in the Pasek? The people came to ask for bread. They come to Pari and Pari is sending him back to Yisif and says, Listen, the man, he's in charge. Whatever he tells you to do, you should do. Where does Rashi get this whole thing? Where is it co- seem, Where is it obvious from Shuta Shalmikra that there was a whole back and forth here that they told Pari we went to him already and that he told us to do something ridiculous and that they came back and now we're coming back to you and now you, and now Pari says, no, 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 listen, whatever it is, you go back to him and you listen to whatever he tells you because, you know, he can decree on all of us to die just like he decreed on the faith. Where, do, where does Rashi get all of this from? In other words... Why is it imperative to explain the Pasik this way and not just simply that, that they came to ask for food and he sends them back to Yosef? And besides, if you look at the words of the Pasik, it doesn't say Asher Omar Lachemta. So whatever he told you to do, you shall do. But rather, what does it say? It says that he, whatever he will say to you, you shall do. So it doesn't seem to imply from the Pasek that he had already told them to do something. It seems to be implying from Pari that Pari suspected that he might may tell them to do something, but not that he had already told them to do something. Some Afarashim tried to explain that what triggered Rashi to go into this lengthy explanation to expand on the Pshut Hashemikra is because he could have just said, or it should have just said in the Pasek, simply go to Yosef. Without the words, whatever he tells you to do, you shall do. In other words, from that, Rashi took that there was something here about a telling of Yosef, that Yosef said back and forth to do, but, Ra- but the Rebbe negates that explanation. Why does the Rebbe negate explanation? Because he says... That still from the Pasik, it doesn't say Asher Omar Lachem that what he told you to do, you shall do, but rather what he will tell you you should to do, you shall do, which could very simply mean go to him and whatever he tells you to do, do. Why this whole lengthy explanation? Another several questions that you can ask over here is why wasn't it enough for Pari to tell them, listen, you gathered food, it didn't. Last that means he decreed on it to the, to 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 rot. Go to him. Why does he add this whole thing about dying that he will that that he might decree on us to die? Where does where does that come from? Where does that come from? And also you see that Paray seems to include himself. He says, "Look, he can decree on all of us to die on us." How does how does Paray go into this fall into this worry of being you know uh, decreed upon by Yosef? to die. So we need, there's a lot going on over here that triggered Rashi to explain this whole thing. The Rebbe says, in order first to, to understand it, let's first take a moment to really better appreciate what was Yosef's motive, what was Yosef's reason for trying to get the Mitzrayim to undergo a mila to undergo a circumcision. If you think about it, there seems to be a big problem with it. We know that way back in the beginning of Chumash Bereshis, the Eibishter said, the Kaddish Baruch Hu said, edrish that Hashem will seek revenge, Hashem will punish any person for spilling his own, even his own blood, let alone someone else's blood. And this means that if it's not for medical purposes, if it's not for imperative purposes, a person is not a to spill his blood for no reason. Which, by the way, explains the big question, why Avram Avinu, even though he had performed the entire Torah, all the mitzvahs, yet, although he observed everything, the one mitzvah he didn't observe and he waited for Hashem to tell him was the mitzvah of Brismillah. And the question is, why? Why this mitzvah did he not do? He did everything else. He kept Shabbos, he kept And he kept everything. And the answer is, Because when was he allowed to voluntarily impose on himself the observance of mitzvahs? That's only if it doesn't negate an actual mitzvah that he has already. In other words, this is a voluntary thing, so it cannot override an obligation of his, an imperative of his. He has an imperative at the time he had at least, like every other Ben-Nayach, that he's not allowed to spill his own blood. He's not allowed to hurt himself. So if he would go and choose to make a bris milah and override that, he would not only not be doing a mitzvah, but he'd be doing an avera. So according to this, the question is, why did Yosef seek to have them all have a bris milah? What right does he have to demand this of them? Where does he know that he can get this from them? And not only that he could, but that he should, that he has to do it. To the extent that the people are not being given food because they they don't want to comply and they have to run to Pare. Says the Rebbe, this is the answer. Parai put Yosef in charge over all of Mitzrayim. He made him a shalit, a ruler over all of them. In other words, they became not only his subjects, they belonged to him. The way Parai described it in the words when he appointed him, Parai made him literally their owner. And if that's the case, if we look back when the HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Avram Avinu the mitzvah of Brismila, what did he tell them? Then that anybody that's Kinyan Kasbay, anybody that belongs to you, anybody that you purchase, meaning any slave, any servant that belongs to you, also needs to be circumcised. Therefore, Yosef understood that since he's being given this ownership over the entire mitzrayim, over all the Egyptians, that he has to, not he could, he has to impose on them to do Baris Mila. And this is where Rashi gets it from. He was telling them something all the time. In other words, it seems obvious if you read between the lines that all along Yosef was demanding this from them. It only came to a head now when the people are starving and they have nothing to eat and they come to Yosef to demand food because they know that Yosef is their ruler as Parah had already decreed long before and he's refusing to give it to them. Now they came to Bari. Now they come to Parah and they say, Para, you're the king. Ultimately, he is only a deputy. He's under you. You are the king. So you help us. So Pari said to them, one second, why should I have to help you? Why why do I need to help you? Why didn't you help yourselves? Why didn't you take care of business on your own? Why didn't you were told in advance? This ruler told us, and exactly like he said, this is how it played out that there's going to be seven years of 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 um, plentifulness and then there's going to be a famine. Why'd you wake up now? So they said to him, no we did not, we, hit, we, we, we stored things away, we tried to do exactly what he said. And the Rebbe adds actually in a footnote that not only did they do it, but they did it the same way that Yosef did it. We know that elsewhere Rashi explains that when he stored away the food, he stored it away together with the sand, with the soil of Mitzrayim, which is actually, which served as a means of, of, um, of preservation, a means of of, uh, preserving the food. So they did exactly that. In other words, they followed everything. They did everything according to the book to be able to preserve the food and make sure that they have throughout the seven years of famine. And now we turn around and there's nothing there. Everything was destroyed. Everything rotted. So the body says to them, if that's the case, whatever he tells you to do, you do. In other words, not only what he already told you to do, shall you do. But even if he tells you something now that sounds even more ridiculous, you better do it. You know why? Because the same way he told the food to rot, in other words, he decreed on it. If he has this power to decree on the food to rot to rot, and it rotted, the same way he could tell, he will tell things that could affect us even more negatively than dying slowly through a famine to not having what to eat. And Parai included himself. Because Parai said, look, if I go and tell him what to do, if I start to push him around, look at the powers he has. He won't only be upset at you for having, you know, set me up, having put me in the middle to push him to do what he doesn't want to do. But in fact, he's going to curse me. Why? Because I'm the one who's bothering him. I'm the one who's trying to get him to change his mind. This is where Nashi got it from. Because if you look at the words... The wording, I mean. In the Pasuk, you see that there was a whole discussion over here. Pari didn't just say to him, go to Yosef. He said, go to Yosef and whatever he tells you to Not only whatever he told you to do, you should do. Whatever he tells you to do. That means Pari was implying that more than just what happened, more than just what he told you to do, you should do. But rather, I'm afraid... I mean, moreover, I'm afraid that he can start telling other things. What are those other things he can tell? He can say that instead of us dying slowly, a slow death through the famine, we should all die immediately. And that I definitely don't want because I'll be included in that because I'm going to be the one pestering him. This is a summary of the of the Sikha. It's worth learning the Sikha insight in more detail. But the Rebbe concludes with a Yen HaShotera, a beautiful insight. Remember the wine that f- extra flavor that's hidden away in the Rashi. What you see over here is that Re- Yosef, although he himself was removed from the world, Yosef, as we know, compared to all the other brothers, was considered a Merkava, like a chariot, total subservience to Atsilus to the highest level. Yet, where do we find Yosef? We find him ruling over Egypt, which Egypt is known as the Erva Sa'aretz, the place which is the nakedness of the land, they were people who were addicted to lewdness. And therefore, what did Yosef do? Not only he didn't get impressed by them, he didn't get instra- distracted by the lewdness of Mitzrayim, but moreover, he was there, he tried to help them. He was there trying to correct them. This union of brismila Mila is not just happenstance, it's not just coincidentally something that he wants to do on the Egyptians only because he owns them. But he knew the effect of what Bruce Miller can bring, that it actually lessens this addiction to lewdness. It actually lessens what Mitzrayim is all about and what the Notori is for. And the Rebbe says this is the lesson to each and every yid. Each and every yid finds him or herself in the world. We're involved in the world. But we, where is our real place? Our real place is Torah and Mitzvahs. Our real place is connection to Ruchni, is to the spirituality. Now, one can be afraid that maybe they'll get dragged in, sucked into the worldly things. It says that ever we learn from Yosef, we are all like Yosef, as it says in Tehillim, that Hashem guided us like the sheep of Yosef, that we're all called Yosef in, in, in certain circumstances, especially as we were leaving Mitzrayim. So we, like Yosef, not only we don't get schlepped into the world, but we actually influence the world. We're there to help the world at the same time that we don't allow ourselves to get sucked into the negativity of the world.